Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 259. Hopefully you guys have had an amazing Sunday. I know I did. Got an amazing guest for you this Sunday. We had Pacific North Roots, Ross Paul. How you doing tonight? You want to tell us, first of all, where we can find you and how you're doing today? Man, I'm doing, I'm doing just fine. Coming off a birthday weekend. Uh, we've been up in the mountains celebrating, and um, so yeah, we're feeling feeling really nice. We had a little uh, a little lunch deal celebration with uh, with my uh, my good friend from Kush Creams, Megan, and um, my friend just was fresh back from Bali, the the generous chef, and uh, he came over and whipped up a big uh, seafood boil for us, and uh, I got to soak my bones in the hot tub, so I'm feeling nice and loose, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a good weekend, so. Uh, thanks for having me on, Eagle, and um, I look forward to uh, to getting into it tonight. And uh, I don't know. I guess off the top, um, I'm I'm Ross Kaya Paul. My my company is Pacific Northwest Roots. Um, I'm up here in in Washington State, out on the Olympic Peninsula, and uh, you know I've been in cannabis since 1995 when I, I started college up at uh, Western and didn't have uh, the funds to put myself through college. And I, I took a, a student grant and, and started doing things with herbs. And all these years later, you know, it's developed into um, a really kind of a, a, an international seed company. And um, locally here in Washington State, we have a, a licensed recreational grow and uh, we were very active in the medical scene here in Washington State uh, before recreational got passed here. And um, so we're, we're one of those brands that has been doing it for a long time, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and, and we've made the transition into the legal market and, um, you know, are, are playing the seed game on the international scale, which is really kind of cool. Um, but uh, our, our flagship strain is something called Kaya's Coffee which is really uh, an Afghani um, dominated plant. It's, uh, it's got uh, Tahoe OG cross to alien technology. Shout out to Obsolete. Uh, I don't know if you folks know Obsolete's uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the guys that was really, you know, before the whole seed thing blew up and there's all these, all these new breeders and people doing cool things. Uh, there, was, there was a couple guys that were really on top of the game and Obsolete was one of them. And he was bringing genetics in from overseas. And one of these genetics he brought back was called Alien Technology. Um, or he didn't bring it back, but he, you know, he, he got a hold of it from somebody that was over in Afghanistan. And um, we implemented it into our breeding program via some uh, Alien OG and Alien Kush. And uh, basically, that's the lineage behind the coffee there. And um, so that's, that's kind of our flagship strain. But we've got a, a vast catalog that you could go check out at Worldwide Roots on Instagram. We've got, it's basically like a discography there. You can look at all of our old menus. You can find our seeds at Seeds Here Now, at Neptune Seed Bank, um, Heavily Connected, um, Rocky Mountain High. If you're in Europe right now, like in Paris, you can get them at uh, Attic 369. Um, you know, we we put out a lot of different content over the years 
on different forums um, and different seed banks as as that kind of whole market has evolved. You know, back in the day, there was there was places like the Seed Depot and um, a couple of the spots, and they would pop up, and you would build your content on a forum style deal. And um, you know, sometimes that didn't work out, and then those sites would go down, and you'd lose all your your content. Um, so now the game has kind of evolved and we've all got our own little individual sites and people are, um, it's just a little more fluid now. So um, at any rate, that's uh, that's where you can find the seeds. And, you know, if you're in Washington state, you can pick up our hash products. We have a, a tier three farm here out on the peninsula and we're growing using natural methods. We're a, a DEM certified, a dragonfly earth medicine certified farm. So we're not using any kind of outside products. We're fermenting things and using Korean natural farming. We're building Hugo cultures and doing regenerative farming practices out there on the, on the spot and, uh, you know, pushing it out that way. Um, we don't have any investors. It's just, just us guys, a couple of buddies that I grew up with and, um, you know, it's, it's been an uphill battle, but we're, we're pushing on and, um, and, uh, you know, putting out really good hash that's, that's grown in a good way without any kind of pesticides. Um, we, we grow both indoor and outdoor. So our outdoor, we have a, like a 3000 square foot light depth and it's, uh, it's insulated and we've got, uh, raised heated beds in there. And, um, so we're running that year round now. Uh, we actually just got the power upgrade so we can do that. And we also have installed uh, Hugo culture beds, which we could talk a little bit more. I don't know if you guys have talked much about that on your show here, um, but it's a, it's an old German growing style. Uh, and basically we're, we're making carbon sinks um, using, using old dead wood and um, you know, uh, forest litter and manure and compost and mulch layers and living mulch layers and um, and building that up and then growing on top of that so that you've you really have a, a slow release um, environment for nutrients that your plants can uptake and, and for me the plants just they, they really thrive in that environment um, and we're also doing some full season outdoor just because we have the space it's a little bit difficult here in Washington because we have a short season so we have to be very particular about the cultivars that we're running and um, and we also have you know I want to say uh, 30 24 48 I don't know close to 70 lights indoors in in three different um, bloom rooms and uh, we're just getting those up and running we've we've had one online for about a year and uh, we'll get the other two up here online pretty soon and our business model is not flowers um, <clears throat> we might transition to that in the future but right now um, I'm also kind of known for making you know super high grade hash and um, so pretty much all of our production is geared to running um, elite hash strains that we've bred or, or collected throughout the years and producing water hash with those, um, making six star and hash rosin, which um, is really kind of taken off here again in Washington state, which is great because it was, it was really thriving during medical days. And then it got shut down from um, the, the legal market. And uh, now it's coming back and, and we're participating in that and, uh, and making drops, which is really cool. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's the roots right now. That's kind of where we're at, and um, and where we're from, and uh, yeah. Man, 
What an amazing guy. I hope I get a second <laughs> crack at this interview because there's no way we're going to cover all this. No, no that was that was like that was like a, that was like 20 years condensed. <laughs> and, and it sounds like all great uh a great journey, you know. I'd love to be able to, you know, piece it all in at some point. So, you know, I yeah. guess uh start with where you started there i guess let's start with uh you know the breeding what led you to you know in such an early market when it, things were such a risk to you know be growing the, the plant so many other people would have been trying to grow the flower and you know flip what made you decide to uh take the genetics road uh with breeding you know i i i've taken actually a couple different different um risks like that and it's 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 really kind of awesome so I, I actually when i when i first got into cannabis in the mid 90s um it was it was really strictly you know I, I was engaged in in i was close to the canadian border so i was i was getting work and redistributing things and there was kind of local stuff that was there and then there was this work that came down from canada and so i got to see a lot of things i got to i got to experience a lot of different cannabis and I did that for a long time. And I, I kind of grew here and there. We had, you know, thrown some seeds out one summer and did a, like a gorilla grow on Blanchard Hill that was, you know, mildly successful. You know, we grew a couple pounds and it was fun, um, but we were just kids, you know, and then we, we, we took lights from the campus and we're, we're building out closets and, and doing crazy stuff in, in houses all over campus. And, um, but it was, you know, it was kind of a plaything. It was a secondary thing um, to the hustle that was happening you know, but um, I give thanks for that hustle because it allowed me to see a lot of different product and to be able to, to familiarize myself with different strains and to know where they're coming from and, you know, really kind of have an understanding of stuff. And um, it wasn't until, um, you know, closer to, I want to say 2002 that, um, that I, I blew up my first, you know, indoor, I did a, I want to say it was like a six lighter and, um, and, and, you know, back then it was 4,000 bucks a pound. So, you know, you could, you could make huge money off a six lighter and we were doing hydroponic stuff and, um, you know, it was, it was just cash cropping. Um, and as I got deeper into it, um, I was just drawn into a different aspect of, I was introduced to different people that were growing different ways. And I was really uh, drawn into, you know, the organic herb. It was, it was the best when the guys had it, it was like, that's, that was the good stuff. So I, I wanted to learn what, what that was. And um, I got more familiarized with that. And there was a, there was a, a medical, a really cool medical scene here. And there was a, an, an online forum called the Northwest Green Thumb. And and the folks on the green thumb were really about patience and, you know, helping each other out and sharing growing methodologies and whatnot. And that's where I met um, Lemon Hoko. Um, and he was an old timer and, you know, we, we just, you know, got together to swap some, some herbs and um, got to talking and, you know, he was breeding dogs and training dogs. And I kind of had that background. My dad did that. And my dad also had done that with uh, game fowl. And he said, you know, Kai, you have, you have a lot of really good strains. You should, you should breed. And I said, man, I don't, I don't know about all that. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just growing as much as I can. And he said, no, 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 you should, you should breed. This is, you know, this is the long play. Um, he said, I've got, I've got some genetics that people are going to want. 
and you've got some really great um, base stock, he said, you know, you should, you should try this. You know, you, you kind of have a knowledge of how breeding works and why don't you get into it? And he said, uh, he can't, he said, love come over to your house. So he came over to my spot and he said, uh, you know, these, these plants look really good. You should seed them. And I was looking at him like, man, I don't know about that. And, um, you know, he told me what it, what it might be worth, you know, and I thought, God, that's amazing, you know, that I could, I could, I could increase the value of my crop by making seeds. And he said, well, it's going to take you five years to sell it all. And I was like, holy cow, really? Okay, okay. You know, and he said, and you're going to have to, you know, test everything and you got to start working lines. And, you know, he basically laid down the law and became my mentor. And, you know, I, I followed his advice. I, I did a, I did a, the, the full breeding there with, I picked out my 10 best elites. And uh, after the crop was done, I, I popped, uh, you know, a certain amount of everything and ran a big test room of everything. And I took pictures and cataloged everything and, you know, really took my time with it. And I, and I knew what those, those originally elite, you know, I was working with them for years. So I knew what they were doing. And then when I hit them with that male pollen, I could see exactly how that male was interacting with those plants that I was so familiar with. And, and, you know, I could, I could make certain judgments about it. And um, it was a really incredible learning experience to, to, to do that and go through the whole process and document it and, you know, make guesses about what's going to be good and what's not and, and see where I, 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 I hit it where I didn't. And, um, you know, once I got into that and I could see what, what the boys were doing, and this, this male that he'd given me was the alien Kush F2 male. And it just, you know, it added, it added structure and a beautiful purple to the flower and just loads of resin, but it let the terpenes from those original moms just pass right on through, um, you know, in like seven out of the 10. So it, it was, it was really, really good stuff. And, um, you know, from there, we just, you know, kept breeding lines and, and working, you know, doing outcrosses, but also breeding filial generations and doing back crosses. We just released the coffee BX4. Um, we've done some projects with Mel and with other breeders where we've passed strains back and forth um, on FGENs and done different selections and, um, you know, tried to keep it fun and keep it fresh. And um, so I, I think that that all started like around uh, 20, 2010. Um, and, and I, I had to take a lot of risk. I had to, I had to put seeds in people's hands and, you know, some people burned me, but, you know, that was just the, the price to, to play at that time. You had to send seeds into these banks and they were just, you know, they were burning people mostly left and right. And, um, then I just started kind of doing it myself. And about that time the shows opened up. So I was able to go kind of on the circuit with people and, um, my good friend, exotic Mike, uh, had done a show up here um, in Seattle at one of the high times and I just you know walked through the show and rolled up on his booth and it was just amazing seeing all these people out there lined up for these seeds man and he had he had really great great you know plants that he was breeding and playing with and good genetics and um, and it was you know it was really cool and um, so I did the circuit for a year and you know, I don't know if you've been to a high time event, but it's a lot of, it's high energy. There's a lot of, um, BHO smoke in the air and, you know, it just gets my heart rate up and it's not really my vibes. Um, and I, I got a family, I got, I got a bunch of little kids. And so I like to be home and, and working on my farm. It's not really my thing, but I, I put up with it and I did the traveling and kind of got the, the banner out there, so to speak. And, um, 
you know, shared some of my creations with the right people and, you know, it's, it's turned out all right. You know, I, I try to, uh, I try to treat people good. You know, we, we try to follow the golden rule. Um, and that's, that's worked out for us. You know, we're not, we're not in running the short game. We're, we're running the long game um, all day long. You know, we we're, we're testing our genetics. We're taking time with things, things that don't pass the sniff test get tossed out. And, um, you know, we're not desperate for anything. I've been doing this for a long time. So um, I can afford to, to do the things that maybe other folks can't do. Or, you know, I, I guess there's a lot of folks out there doing it in, in a real good way. And, um, you know, it's just weird. The seed game's kind of weird right now. There's, there's a lot of people doing weird things. And, um, and uh, I don't know. We're trying to do something different. Uh, we, we're, we're releasing actually a project uh, right now that's available uh something I did with the uh, green source genetics and um, you know, their, their, their thing is natural cycle breeding. So these plants are bred outside, not in a greenhouse, not undercover, but these are, you know, full term, full season outdoor um, in the natural ground. Um, these were bred in, you know, in that locale and, you know, all natural. And they've got, they've got that just a level of hardiness to them, you know, and, and part of that is the selection, you know, the, the coffee's got real great hardy genetics and you can make some good selections in there and he's making some really great selections. Um, and that, that natural cycle breeding, we do a lot of our breeding in our backyard. Um, you know, I, I've got a couple different spots and different zones that I can go and, and hit. And um, we also do indoor breeding, but, but doing that natural cycle breeding, um, in your location is really crucial, I think, for um, for plant evolution and and for genetic evolution and the way that a lot of these markets are going. People are are growing more outdoor in uncontrolled environments, um, or or growing in in controlled environments. But there's also there's different factors that you have to consider. Um, you know, growing outdoor in, in a you know a greenhouse in Colorado is a little different than growing it in, in a greenhouse in Washington, Western Washington for sure. Uh, you know, so um, having genetics that that have some diversity to them is is important. You know, something that's going to perform well in that environment, um, and we're trying to push for that. You know, um, a lot of people are just pushing for a hypey name or a, a cool name that rhymes with something or, you know, <laughs> peanut butter jelly. And it's like, all right, you know, it, it's cute, but, um, you know, I, I, I need, I need something with substance in it. I want to know that the farmer's, you know, weeding through some stuff or he's got, you know, when, when I'm breeding something, I'm, I'm trying to think about, you know, what are the origins of this plant and what can I expect from it? you know, what kind of expressions is it going to give me? And, and I'm trying to have an idea about what I'm trying to build. I'm not just throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know. But this is... Man, I've got a bunch of respect for you guys over there in the Northwest, man. You guys seem to be doing some breeding right. And not just right, you guys seem to be breeding in some morals and respect into the group you've got going there. And shout out to you guys for that, because... Breeding is taking a crazy turn right now. Like you said, there is a lot of people doing it and just throwing out there just some crazy mix. So it's nice to see that you guys are up there working with each other, working with respect and some morals of what you guys are putting it out there. You know, I have a ton of respect for that type of breeding and the type of people. 
you know, it's so many people out there right now just trying to flip a quick buck. And uh, I have, you know, a ton of respect for people like yourself that want to take time out and do do things correctly and for the right reasons. You know, it's pretty awesome. Thanks. And Thanks. Uh, furthermore, I'm kind of, I've got some respect for you for uh, doing some outside breeding as well. I've kind of talked with a few breeders the last, uh, well, a lot. And when I when I talk to them, most of them are indoor breeders. And I always pros, propose the question to them, you know, what are your thoughts on just indoor breeding? Do you think, you know, in some ways we're crippling the plant or only, you know, pulling out certain traits because, you know, we're phenoselecting and all the phenoselecting is being done indoors. So we could actually be, you know, weakening the plant and our certain traits. So if somebody were to try to take it outside, it just may not be able to handle the intensity, the environment, because it's, you know, bred into such a, you know, not not a less <laughs> equal environment, let's say that. So and you're right, the- there is, as far as outdoor goes, man, there's a huge store difference from straight up outdoor to greenhouse. You know, that just though that's a huge diversity right there outdoors. Yeah, and and you know, I, I don't get me wrong, there's there's room for everything and and some of these little crazy crosses, people are finding neat stuff that pops up and, and that's fun. You know, I, I like new terps. I love I love great new combinations and um I think I think that's really cool too. Um and as far as you know, indoor versus outdoor. Yeah, I, I, not to knock indoor, I, I've grown indoor for a long time. I still grow indoor. Um, but having, having diversity in genetics and having genetics that are, you know, can perform in different environments is, is really crucial. And, and me and what I'm doing, I get people calling me from all over the world and not everybody's growing in indoor environments. And those guys that are growing in outdoor environments generally want a lot more seeds. And game and and it's really important that you've got some stabilized stuff you know that's what they want and um you know every everybody's got their own angle so um yeah i i I, yeah i think the 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 game has changed a little bit and and being able to to keep up with it is is crucial and um you know again I, i i just think that if you're if you're really breeding with with not just yourself in mind, but with, with, you know, the weed in mind too, you know, like, where am I taking this plant? And, um, you know, am I putting some good stuff into it? Am I, am I, I don't know, some of the, some of the feminized stuff um, and then breeding to feminized plants. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's going to turn out well down the road. Um, You know, I prefer the natural stuff, um, but that's just, you know, that's me to each their own, I guess. Um, But that, to me, that, that just kind of goes, that goes hand in hand with, with what we're doing. You know, we're, we're, we're growing in a natural way too. So I want to try to keep things, you know, on that, you know, just like with our hash, we're not, we're not processing that with, with hydrocarbons or, you know, we're not doing that. You know, we, we took all this effort to breed it naturally, to grow it naturally. We're going to finish it. We're going to wash it in just ice and water. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, that's our path. Other folks got their own little methods and, and, you know, that's cool. But, but this is, this is what we're doing. This is, this is our, our methodologies. And I think it's, 
I think it's super important that we hold some of that in our space, especially in the cannabis space, because everybody wants to make like Frankenweed and, <laughs> and do some really, you know, I've heard people talk of doing crazy genetic splicing stuff and this and that. And, you know, like at what, what point do we just, I don't know, I've just had enough of it in the world, you know, and now we want to do that shit to our weed. Get the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm done with that. You know, let's, this is our sacred medicine. Let's keep it sacred. Let's keep it natural. Let's let's do something a little different, you know, that we're going to ingest and it's going to be our spirit medicine and our body medicine. Let's do something a little different. Let's let's take it back to natural. And um, certainly, I think people are really hip to it now. People are catching on. You know, people don't want GMO food. They don't want, um, you know, bullshit. They want they want the real deal. They want stuff that tastes good and feel good and is, is going to feed their spirit is nutrient dense um you know you can grow carrots and tomatoes and you can grow all kinds of stuff that looks like food and really doesn't have the nutrient density that your body needs to keep you healthy you can go on an, in a on an organic diet and just eat vegetables and get sicker there's a story about the guy who started territorial food seeds and um that's what happened to them and they couldn't figure out why. And they ended up going on a vacation, I think, to French Guyana or something in South America and just ate with the local guys and they got healthier again. And they figured it out that it was a nutrient density because the food that those guys were growing was grown with microbes. And it wasn't, you know, some modern commercial nutrient film technique, yada, yada, yada. You know, and the more that I study the soil and the more I study our human bodies, um, you know, because you got to be your own doctor, you got to learn your own body, you gotta, you know, it's, it's a smart thing to do, right? I've learned these things, you know, that the microbes in the soil are the same that are in your stomach, the same. And so, you know, if you're, if you're, if you, if your stomach doesn't have those because you're eating unnatural foods or you're drinking, you know, alcohol, which kills those, those microbes or taking antibiotics, which kills those microbes or doing all these things, right? Your stomach can't uptake those nutrients via microbes. It's got to release weak acids and it doesn't get fully absorbed. And now your body doesn't have the nutrients. And, and, you know, maybe your beard doesn't look beautiful like mine, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it is. So you need to have that in your system and the same for your plants. You know, if you want your plants to be super healthy and vigorous and fight off disease and be resistant to pathogens and, and bugs don't even want to mess with it, you got to make them healthy. And they can be bolstered by those microbes. If they've got those relationships, they're uptaking the nutrients better. They're building better cellular structure. I can see that when I wash hash, you know, the plants that that were grown in the Hugo culture, man, I get, I get extra cycles out of them. That's extra yield and the terps are great. And it's because that, that cell structure is so strong. It doesn't just break up in the water and, and just, you know, release all the chlorophyll and, and go to shit real fast, you know, cause it's a healthy plant. Um, so I think those natural methodologies, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a win for everybody. It's a win for the planet. It's a win for the farmer. Cause the farmer, you can work less, you know, do nothing farming. It's, it's not about being lazy. It's about being smart. It's about letting, you know, growing on the edge of wild 
Um, if you are, you know, totally in control of your environment, you've got to be there and be in control of that thing. You know, for me, I want a garden that's kind of on the edge of wild where the wild is the power in there that's pushing it and driving it. And, and those microbes are in there doing their thing. And, you know, we just assisting by, by adding, you know, some compost here or, or, you know, a, a signaling, a KNF signaling agent here or there, because, you know, we're kind of getting to that level of advancement where we, we know how to do that. Um, but, but really just get out of the way and, 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 and let, let the microbes do the work for you, you know. Um, they create a really good product, super good product, better than, you know, house and garden, um, better than mills. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't smoke that stuff. I can't. Um, I, I don't drink diet soda either. You know, I, I can taste aspartame. It's gross. <laughs> you grow something with some some kind of food regimen, I'll taste it. Um, and and when, I, when I smoke something that's grown in a Huga culture, and has never been sprayed with nothing it's it's absent there is no harshness to it it's just it's absent it tastes delicious it doesn't you know the effects are are different it's it's not a um there's no raciness to it um that's that's my experience you know as as a i don't know what what methodologies are you using you know are are you doing natural stuff are you are you experimenting with have you been into organics are you using you know, I, I've done both. I've done the hydroponic stuff. You know, I, I ran Lucas Formula, you know, General Hydro, my first stuff, you know, so I'm not knocking it. We all start somewhere, but, you know, it should evolve and you can see how these things work, you know, and, and man, when I started learning K&F stuff, that's when like, I started to get upset with these companies selling me shit in a bottle. You know, I was like, oh, really? I can make, I can make CalMag? really i can do that with with just some eggshells or some you know uh calcium bicarbonate like really and some vinegar that's amazing oh i can make my own vinegar watch this you know i got 20 gallons downstairs uh you know pick the apples right off the tree outside it's it's right here and it's cheap and it's not diluted and it's it's even better because it's got microbes from your area so if you're growing in a greenhouse or you know out in my backyard that's the stuff I want to use to feed my plants. You know, what do you want to feed yourself? A banana from South America that got fumigated? Or do you want, you know, uh, a kiwi? We can grow kiwis here in Washington. You want a kiwi from your backyard? I want this kiwi. I want this local stuff that I grew, you know? Um, it, my body's going to respond to it, right? Microbes in the dirt, microbes in my stomach, same kind. They're on the plant. I don't even like to wash my food off when I eat it. I just Have you ever... Uh... <laughs> I love the micros in your the soil the micros in your gut. I was actually listening to uh right here. If you can see that uh the the dirt cure before the show I've been listening. Have you ever read the book or listened to the book there, The Dirt mm-hmm. Cure? Mm-mm. Oh man, you could have wrote that book from what you told <laughs> me. Actually, everything you said you know, and this that you know about the microbes in your gut. I mean, all of it was came straight out of like chapter nine of what I was listening to. I mean, it's very oriented to what you're you know you're talking about it, and you're very it's very right, man. You, I I'm currently in cocoa and so in uh, salts transitioning back into some organics. I went back and forth, reasons are whatever, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the organics movement is real. 
And, you know, I have friends of Smiley's Gardens there in chat that uh, uh, has helped pushing me towards that way. Green Bicycle sent me some stuff to help nudge me a little further. <laughs> but uh, at this point, I'm, I'm actually reading more organic stuff than I'm practicing. Well, but, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't ever want to come off as judgmental. Like I said, I, I, I ran General Hydro you know, Lucas formula. That was, that was my thing, man. I run, I ran deep water, um, deep water culture. That was, that was what I did for a long time. And every farmer was, you know, taught something or brought in that that's how I was taught and brought in. Right. And then I became reliant upon those gardens. So I can't just, you know, make a switch and go to something that I don't know and take that risk. You know, a farmer's got to be smart. You know, so I'm, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but, you know, the more you learn about it and, and the, you know, you'll, 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 you'll find a way to make that transition. I think you'll be happier. Um, I, I, I did a couple grows in cocoa and, you know, a lot of the soils, engineered soils and stuff have cocoa um, elements in it. Um, and there's actually some really cool science behind ways to, um, I've got a guy, uh, my, my good friend, Madhu, and, um, he talks about ways to actually use recycled cannabis plants and, and make mineralized salts from those cannabis plants. And he's actually showed me some of the samples and it's really amazing. And, you know, people kind of get this weird idea about, you know, mineralized salts being the devil or, you know, uh, kind of demonizing bottles and stuff. And, and, you know, I think there's probably some bad products out there. Um, but in reality, you know, it's just science. And, and it's a lot of it's organic chemistry and you can get organic nutrients in bottles. And, um, you know, there's some very good products out there. Organics alive makes, makes some really good products. Um, you know, for me, I, I enjoyed taking it a step further and, and learning the Korean natural farming stuff, um, learning how to ferment my own things, learning how to make my own um, water soluble phosphate, my water soluble potassium, um, you know, fish amino acids and, and it's really to me it was, it was it was a fun experience and I could afford to do that um, and it works well with with what I'm doing you know but um, but I've seen you know I've seen the results from hydroponic growing and cocoa growing and man you can grow some big crazy nugs um, you know I, I personally probably don't want to smoke them just because I, I got that really sensitive palate um, but then again if you're doing it right and you're doing proper flushes on it um, you know, I've also seen some really high grade stuff that maybe you wouldn't know. Um, so maybe, maybe it gets a little bit of a bad rap, um, because people don't, don't quite do it right. You know, when I was running my hydroponic things, you know, I was flushing for 14 to 21 days at the end, you know, we, we wanted our water to come back and I would change the water. You know, generally we change the water every cycle, which was you know, like a seven day cycle, six day cycle. We changed the water, um, and we, we're always adding water to it as, as the float valve would come down. Um, but we made sure that we gave it a really, really good flush at the end so that when, when we were putting water out, it was coming back at the same, um, you know, pretty close to the same uh, parts per million on it. So, you know, it was, it was drinking clean water and pushing out whatever it had in it. Um, you know, and organics, you really don't have to do that. But, you know, as long as you're, as long as you're doing all of that properly and flushing your plants and, you know, you're happy with the result um, and it's providing for you. That's a good thing. You know, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that cannabis guys need to beat up on each other over their methodologies. I make jokes about it once in a while, but 
it's all in love, you know, again, I, I was there, you know, and I just, I just think, you know, it's just a natural progression, you know, you do it long enough and, um, especially if you're doing it for, for, for medicine, um, you know, there's, there's something to your intention, you know, and I guess whatever you're, whatever you're feeding the plant to, um, you know, whatever your intention is, that might even be more important. Um, you know what I mean? It, same thing with, with eating, you know, if, if you can't really afford um, organic food and stuff and you've got to, you've got to be, you know, doing what you're doing, it's okay. You know, if you're giving thanks for that and you're putting it in your body with a good intention and a good thought, you know, it's, it's probably okay versus, you know, putting it in, like hating yourself for doing it. Um, but knowing that you don't really don't have a choice, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I just think it's important to say that because some, sometimes people, I just remember when I was learning organics, people were, you know, I was a cash cropper and we were doing hydro stuff and, and it was like the probiotic uh, soil alliance guys were, you know, people just thought they were assholes, you know, like they were, they were looking down their nose at people that weren't growing organically. And I don't ever want to come off that way. You know, I, I want to be, um, you know, inviting and say, hey, I got, I got some really cool information. Let me share with like, why don't you try this, you know, try to make your own cow mag, um, you know, and, and, and try it on two plants and see if you like it, see if the results are good, you know, maybe not, you know, or try to make an IMO um, or, 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 you know, do some teas or whatever, you know, incremental, do, do little steps, you know, but um, yeah, I'm into it. You know, anybody that's growing is good. I'm headed there. You know? I'm headed down the road. I'm slowly <laughs> heading down the road. <clears throat> you well, know, if you ever I'm get a chance to go that. see uh, uh, or sign up for one of Chris Trump's classes, um, sometimes he does them in Idaho, um, which is not a cannabis-friendly state, one of 14 in the United States, <laughs> the holdouts. Um, but uh, if you ever get a chance to um, have a class from him or a class from um, Logan, um, of Conscious Rhythms in Hawaii, the Eile Selassie Farming Institute. Um, those guys are really excellent teachers, um, super excellent teachers, you know, or go go check out one of the, I know they've had them in Michigan, the Regenerative Farming Conferences. Um, it's a good place to get some good genetics and um, talk with some really good people. And, uh, you know, you can make some connections and learn, you know, maybe, maybe you're not doing it right now, but you can go visit a farm that's doing it or, um, yeah, I don't know. Find a good source for a couple of good organic pots, and you know, do a little side by side. We've got some going. We've got a little bit of going already here. You can't see them back here, but there is some organic earth boxes that uh, Smiley's Gardens has uh, set me up with to kind of push me in the directions of organics. You know, yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I know it's the right thing to do. To be honest with. <laughs> but, but you know people I, I mean it's it's intimidating it's it's really easy when somebody says here here's a follow this formula you know and it works um it's like magic and i think we get mystified by it you know and and fuck npk what is npk you know and then there's there's macros and micros and it's just you know sometimes it can be like holy man i don't know if i can even handle all this um but when you come at it from a holistic thing and you, and you learn how the whole system works and then you learn how you can get these different constituent components and then you realize guys that made these bottles, <laughs> they got this idea from somewhere and it was nature. 
And that's all they're trying to do is they're trying to copy. You know, your nitrogen is just trying to copy what what's happening down in the river with the salmon. But they're not even trying to copy it. They're 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 like taking byproducts from stuff and using that as the ingredient. So you're getting a lesser quality ingredient in your fish hydrolyslate, you know, um, versus if you just got some brown sugar and went salmon fishing and threw the waste in there or, you know, trout fishing or whatever, threw the waste in there with that brown sugar. Now you've got, uh, you know, a really high quality fish amino acid that's that's going to kick that hydrolyslate's ass up and down the street, um, you know, and that can be that can be intimidating, you know, but but really like get your sovereignty back, get your power back, you know, don't, don't partner with the, with the hydro store. I love hydro stores. They're, they're kind of, they're fun. I miss them, but um, <laughs> you know, get your power back, get, get connected to the things around you. And it's, it's, you know, it can be cheaper and it's fun to make your own ingredients. I love it. I really enjoy, I get my kids out there and we, we make ferments and, and they chop things up and they, you know, it's cool. It's super cool. And if, if, you know, if Walmart ever closes, you know, or, you know, the, the shipping truck stops shipping, you know, it's all right. You, you're going to, you're going to know how to do things without that. Um, and for me, I, I got to have that kind of, to me, that's security. You know, I'm an insecure person. So I, w- I want to feel secure in, in, in being able to feed myself or, or grow food for myself, you know, and, and my little farm here that we, where we live is, it's only an acre. You know, I only farm on um, I don't know, maybe a third of it. Um, I, got, I got some fruit trees and I got some animals, um, but you really don't need a lot of space, you know? Um, and and it, it doesn't have to be cannabis farming, you know? Go, go grow some of your own food, you know? Um, I, I had a whole bunch of pots just like that and I had three houses during medical days, you know? and what was I doing with all this extra dirt and stuff when it was done, you know, and I was tossing it out and, you know, go, if you don't have great soil, that's a great base to start, you know, and then just start composting on top and, and, you know, cover cropping and, um, you know, grow your own food a little bit. I'm really into that. It kind of turns me on almost a little more than um, growing weeds these days. I I love growing my own food and uh, doing seed collection this year. We collected a whole bunch of seeds, um, and we did tobacco and poppy and um, and we pulled pumpkin seeds and squash seeds, you know, pulled seeds from everything. I got some really crazy purple corn um, from Green Source guys that he'd give me. And, and we pulled a couple of those ears and dried them. And um, I don't know, it's, it's good fun. It's a uh, best way to go. Like you said, the stuff you're buying off the shelves is so a lack of nutrients, nutrient density, if you say it correctly. And it isn't doing much for us, but getting us by and making us sick, like you said, in a lot of cases. So, you know, that's one of the things I've really appreciated about cannabis. This whole, this whole cannabis thing is, it's, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that it's emerging at this crazy time in society. You know, it's a very much a progression. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been back and forth. But what I see right now is a huge progression, not only in the cannabis industry, but uh, 
you know, human civilization as a general, we, we, we kind of know we've messed up <laughs> and we, we, we know that we need to be taking steps to do things right. And that's what you can see in the cannabis industry. You know, it may be starting out with these little gardens right here, but, you know, the doors it's opening up in a lot of minds as far as organics is huge. The organics takeover, as, you know, Smiley Gardens here calls it. It's huge, you know, it's starting with these cannabis plants, but even in myself, you know, that's kind of the drawback for the organics for me is I know once I've opened that door, it's all on. It's all on. I'm I'm just that type. I can, you know, I, when I know I'm doing something right, it's going to be earthworm bins, Okasi, compost piles everywhere. And you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe a little afraid of it right now that I'm just going to have bends everywhere. My kids are going to hate me because I'm going to be running around going, you know, that goes there. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, I won't no- be just breaking myself in. I'm going to be changing everybody around me. And I don't think they're ready for it, but it's coming. The worm bins, well, the worm bins are really great. Um, I, my, my youngest uh, takes care of the worm bins. He's six. And um, my middle one, she's seven and, you know, she's our, she's our uh, chicken lady. She feeds the critters and stuff, but my youngest one, his job is to feed the worms. And um, we have three worm bins here. Um, And I I moved them inside of their playhouse (laughs) for the winter to keep my worms warm. Um, uh, But we, we feed them different things. So each bin, you know, there's one, one bin gets the bananas and the um, avocado waste so that's my that's my potassium bin and i know that when i when i run the water over that and i get my my worm casting tea out of that it's going to be higher in that and then we put you know green waste in another one and that one's gonna that's the nitrogen bin and um so you can do that and and that's kind of a fun little deal you know that you can you can involve your kids in and your chores and it takes care of your your food scraps some of them you know um, what more do you need? You now you've got the nutrients that you need wrapped up in the in the worm poop, right there, right in the castings. You don't need any more than that. You know, um, the amounts of these nutrients. I did a I did a conference and Elaine Ingram was there up in Canada and she was like the, the keynote speaker and she was talking about the soil food web and um, in specific, you know, like how much nitrogen is on an acre, you know, having your soil tested ahead of time and yada, yada. And, you know, basically she was breaking it down and most of the, if you got pretty decent soil anywhere, you know, like the amount that's in there is more than you'll ever need, but getting access to it is another story. And, um, so that's that's kind of that's kind of where the microbes are are you know ultimately important you know um, so what I, I guess the point of it is just that if you're using those those worm bins and the worm casting you don't need a huge amount of of those whatever nutrients um, it's it's you know having the right amount and having it accessible and that's you know those little those little worm beds are so awesome I you know I use old coolers um, they don't have to be very big. Um, and then I just put down stone on the bottom and some burlap um, or, or screen. Um, 
and then you know a little bit of uh, different substrates, and then just let the worms work their way through, and and they'll eat through that thing in you know three months, and you know we're continually adding, but still even at that pace, you know within a couple months they've eaten through the whole thing, and you can basically pull them out and do a whole restart, um, spread all that material out, or make teas. Um, yeah, the worms worms are great, and you just can't hurt yourself with it. You know, I mean, literally, you, you can't. You're not going to overdo it. Um, as long as you don't kill your worms, which, I mean, don't kill your worms, just don't drown them. Um, you know, keep them semi-warm and, you know, keep the, keep the food moving and they'll, they'll do all the work. Um, there's some really cool tricks you can do if you are wanting to propagate worms, like on a bigger scale. Um, you can put them in a more dense substrate. Um, and worms have a really crazy thing that they do. So if they're in something, so if you say you were in like sand, uh, the worms can sense, hey, I can't get really big in this sand. Um, so they'll lay eggs and those worms will be smaller worms and they'll continue to make smaller worms. Um, so you're going to get a huge population in that dense area. Now, when you take those, those worms in that dense substrate and you take them out, and then you put them into, say, your cooler with the regular amount of, uh, you know, like I just described, putting in the rock and the thing and then, and then some soil and then feed. Those worms get in there and they go, oh, we're not in that dense substrate anymore. So now they're going to lay the next generation is going to be big worms because they, they can signal to, you know, to the next gen, hey, you can go big now. So now you've got a lot of these little ones and you put them in there and they're going to make big ones. And um, so that's kind of a, a cool little trick you can do with, with, you know, if you're, you know, I've got a pretty good sized farm. The rec farm is, um, we get 30,000 square feet of canopy. Um, and it's, uh, so this year we did these, these big rows and we needed to up our, our worm production like really fast. So that was, that was one of the things that we were able to do is, is just to proliferate the worms faster by using that dense substrate and then shifting them to something that was less dense. And then they just, you know, they explode. Um, so worms are really cool going down the wormhole, you know? <laughs> so it is a uh, pretty sustainable to, you know, you can create enough work your own castings, you know, for a grow that size and, uh, keep things you know pushing along or do you have to uh, you know outsource some um no when, when we started we picked up there's a jim's worm farm here i think it's down in olympia and we went and picked up uh a couple bags when we first started out because we didn't have them um and then we just we took some of the they had these big huge bins there and so we made a whole bunch of bins and you know we're ordering all this equipment so there's a bunch of cardboard around so it's like free disposal of the cardboard the worms love the cardboard that's the carbon you need in the dirt so um you know it's just a win-win situation and um our, our worm populations are up they're massive now you know and then in the off now in the off season we just we just mulch and and lay down cardboard on the rows and um it, it's you know they're doing their own work in there again we've kind of got it in our mind that you got to do something every man i it's really hard changing every pot you know, going through there with what you're doing and, and every time you got to flip the pots out and do the thing and squish it out and do all, you know, that's really, that's a lot of work. You know, when we're growing in beds, we don't do any of that. <laughs> we don't, you know, we're just replanting and, and, you know, new cover crop, you know, maybe some add a little compost. Um, 
you know, so if, if you're cycling in, in, in a sustainable way, then you don't really have to do that. The worms are living in there. You know, we, we use um, rove beetles. Rove beetles are really awesome. Um, they get in there and they'll eat up all kinds of uh, soil gnats and eggs and their they're, they're larvae eat things. And they're just like this super predator in your soil that helps aerate the soil. And, um, you know, the, the, this is all the advantages that you're allowing nature's intricate thing that has been developed over a long time to do the work for you, you know, and, and you're just learning to harness it and work with it. And, and, and um, you know, then you get more free time to go fishing or, or read to your kids or, or do whatever you want to do, you know, but, um, but, but yeah, the worms are, worms are a great way to get, get into that, uh, into that mode of farming, you know, real gentle way. And, and you can't, you're not going to, burn your plants or you're just not going to screw it up, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just worms. <laughs> They're cheap, you know, super cheap, you know, and you could use anything, put them in anything, um, you know, and, and we do animal husbandry here and out at the, uh, at the, at the ranch. Um, so we've got, you know, ducks and geese and chickens and, um, I got goats here. Um, so I'm always changing out their bedding and taking that and using that on the field. And it's a real nice natural cycle to get into. Um, and I don't have to haul, you know, it's just, it's right there. I'm using it. Um, so, you know, we call these closed loops um, to get uh, dragonfly earth medicine certified. You have to have so many closed loops and, um, you know, collecting water and but basically just using things on your farm to generate the energy and the power to keep going, you know, if you can source it again, you're, you're cutting out the whole, the whole, everything. It's all right here for you. You know, um, if you're in the city, that's probably going to be real hard for you to do. Um, but if you're in the country like us, it's, it's really like, once you learn to tap into it, there's so much stuff here, you know, and planting things like comfrey and, um, and you know being able to harvest different you know nettles i got nettles going crazy out here you know um, it's just all kind of like right at the fingertips and i've never um i never experienced a, a farming method that was quite like that you know it's hard to get me off my backyard I, I love to be out there i love to get dirty um and and just it's, it's such a peaceful place for me and um you know, my kids and my wife sometimes grumble about it, but then they get out there and I can't get them inside either. You know, um, there's, there's good medicine to it and it makes you healthy, right? I mean, you're, you're getting that dirt on your hands. You're getting those microbes on your hands. You know, you're inoculating yourself. You're, um, it's, it's just, it's a tower we were meant to interact with our with our mother earth, with our planet where we live, <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like sometimes such a hippie saying that kind of shit, but it's not hippie shit. You know, this is, this is reality, you know, and the more we learn about it, the more science just backs it up. You know, when I learned about the microbes being the same and the, it just like, it clicked so hard for me. It clicked so hard for me that I was just like, whoa, you know, those microbes are the same ones and they're breaking things down. And like, if you're spraying that crop with some glyphosate and now I'm going to ingest that glyphosate, 
it's killing the microbes in the ground. It's going to kill them in my stomach. You know, this is why, you know, I had, I had stomach issues for like two years and I thought I'm just, it's just going to be like this forever. And um, somebody said, oh, go see this naturopath. And I went to the naturopath. He said, what are you eating? What are you putting in your body? And I said, just that. He said, okay, cut these things out. And, um, you know, he, he fixed me where Western medicine tried for two years taking x-rays and you know, swallow this barium and let's look at a picture of your gut and this and that. And nobody ever asked, what are you eating? You know, N- nobody ever said that. Nobody ever said, man, you eat foods with, that are preservatives. It's killing all the microfauna in your stomach, you know. And, oh, by the way, all your serotonin and dopamine or, you know, the vast majority, 70, 80 percent of it is made in your stomach. So, you know, when people talk about mental health in, in our country and the problems with it, well, how are people supposed to feel? Their guts are dead. You know, they don't have the generator in their stomach to create the, the chemicals in their brain that make you feel good, that make you feel connected. Oh, wow. Those microbes, the, those, those, those chemicals that make you feel good, actually, you get those from the earth? Like that's, that's a signal, right? That you should be taking care of the earth and the earth is going to take care of you. I mean, it can't be any more clear to me. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it sets kind of a fire off in me, that's right? Really like, you know, <laughs> you got to read that book, brother. I mean, it sounds like, you know, everything that's being, that's in the book, but, uh, I think you'd be impressed that, uh, you know, there's somebody else out there, you know, book, yeah. it's the, the, the name of the book is the dirt cure. And it is, I had that click, that click right there with the microbes. I, I was, I'm not, I was far, I was pretty close to being down that road anyway, with just, you know, understanding what's going on in the cycle and the, in the soils. And then, you know, psilocybin with working with us, I've been kind of curious about that road. But then when the book there, they, they talk about the microbes in your gut. And basically what they were saying was the microbes in the gut there's, are actually control 40% of the way we think and over 60% overall, overall, overall health. And, you know, like you were talking about when you went to that doctor, they were first question they proposed to you was uh, what you eat in, in the book. Basically, it's coming out the other end. She's basically asking what your feces look like. And she can tell you basically what was ailing you from, you know, the samples and, you know, direction. They were saying you could reduce, like, skin problems, you know, emphysema, you know, chances of autism and stuff like that. It was all coming from, you know, the foods that we were eating and the lack of uh, mycelium uh, in our guts there. You know what I mean? It, it was, it's a very eye-opening book, man. I, and again, to hear it coming out of your mouth just is kind of driving home everything I listened to today. So uh, pretty awesome coincidence, to be honest with you. <laughs> pretty awesome coincidence. There's no, there's no coincidence, man. That's, that's the most high tapping in and, and saying, come on, I got you. Let's, let's do this. This is, this is, this is the hidden knowledge that you need to know. You know, this is, this is how you, how you take your sovereignty back and take your mind back and take your body back. And, um, 
you know, people say, oh, they're trying to poison us and they're trying to chemical dust this. And I don't know that it's intentional. I think it's just people doing what they're doing to make money and, and consequences be damned. And, um, you know, it doesn't need to be a conspiracy. You know, it, it really doesn't. It's just, it just, you know, I didn't know this shit. You know, I grew up in, in the eighties and, you know, it was fucking TV dinners was cool and make it convenient for mom. And, um, you know, mom should go get a job and shouldn't, you know, and I'm, that's cool. I'm not against, I'm, I'm just saying like, you know, at a certain point, you got to get back to like, you know, let's feed ourselves some basic shit, you know, like when did it ever be uncool to like feed ourselves, you know, like buying stuff at the store and like, you know, I got aunties that have the most incredible pantries, you know, filled with canned goods and, um, you know, if we lose that, we're fucked. You know, we really need to have that in our lives. And that really should actually be the norm, you know. And by the way, this whole, you know, crazy thing that we're going through right now in this time with this COVID stuff, um, you know, whatever your stance is on it, it's a wake-up call that you should be growing your own food, you know, that you should have some kind of sovereignty uh, over your, you know, quit being so reliant upon a system, you know, because it's not going to take care of you. You know, it's not. You got to take care of yourself. Take care of your neighbors. You know, that's that people talk about community to their blue in the face. Community doesn't mean doing just silly car wash stuff. I mean, that's that's important, you know, baseball teams and, and sports and all that. You know, that's, that's that's important. But really, like, get to know your neighbors and, and grow with your neighbors and share your seed with your neighbors. And... Um, you know, prep your food with your neighbors. Me and my neighbor, we, I was in Hawaii. We were stuck over there. Terrible, I know. Um, but he went and picked up some, some turkeys for us. And, um, you know, we harvested those turkeys last week. And, and that's what we had for our Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, we got a couple extras out there for him and I. And, and you know, we share and um, just, just, you know, do that kind of stuff. You know, I think it's, it's, it's ultimately, it's, I don't know, the more I meditate on, on whatever our ailments are, it's like, man, community and, and, and getting in touch with your local earth and, um, you know, just tapping into that, that energy and, um, and having, you know, I don't know, it's, it's to me, that's the resource, you know, they can make our money worth nothing tomorrow if they wanted to, um, but they can't make my ground worth nothing. You know, that would take a lot of work, especially when I'm loving my ground and putting back into it every year. And um, that's really all I need to survive now. Um, so, um, you know, then I can go on and take other risks, right? Because I've got this foundation. So make sure your, your foundation is set and then, um, then push out, you know, and, and try to do more. You know, um, hey, I wanted to ask you, are you, are you growing um, from seed? Are you growing from clone? Are you doing both? I do both. I do both. Uh, I grow from seed and clone. Um, what, what, but more your... over from the seed. I try to go from seed more over, and then clones are just from what I like. What are What are some of your favorite seed finds? Mm. You Do you got any keepers that you've you've popped somebody's gear and you're like, man, this is the one I'm keeping her. You know, I get that all the time. But I ran. I have ran a ton of seeds. 
some of which I keep for a while, but you know, there's so much coming so fast. I've I've been I I worked with Subcool and TJ and the Dank for a while, and I've you know worked with a lot of other breeders at some point doing some seed testing. So things come so fast. Uh, I haven't really you know I just keep things moving. I keep things you know I like for a minute and then pass it along. I'm really excited currently about uh, tissue culture. I know that might not fall too great into the the greater scheme of, you know, <laughs> the, the GMO type mindset of it all. But, you know, I'm excited about it just as a pre- preservation, moreover, you know, than, you know, trying to worry about slicing things over, being able to keep some of these things that we find. And that's, that's where I'm excited about some of these ones that I'm excited about, but because of Michigan and the numbers that we have, and, you know, the, just the spirit of wanting to move forward. I have some of these winners that I have, I'd like to be able to put up and save and be able to come back to that exact same one. So I'm excited about tissue culture in that aspect. But, you know, something I've still got and keep going, no, I'm, I'm popping as fast as I can, you know, uh, moving along. Yeah, I, I think the tissue culture is actually really interesting. And I sent in a couple samples to um, my friend. He, he's working down with the Jungle Boys now, um, Mike Hydro. And he was up here uh, with an outfit in Seattle. And I sent in um, my coffee and I sent in pre-99 DJ Short Blueberry, um, which I've actually yet to get back. And, you know, they said they've tried a couple different times uh, with, with different solutions and haven't gotten it to take. So it's not, um, it's not always a sure thing. You know, they're still trying to figure out, you know, different plants reacting to different agars. And, um, but I did get the coffee back. And um, I, I can't really say that I noticed much difference between that and the clone. Um, but, you know, it was a clean, beautiful plant. And, um, you know, I think it's, it definitely has its place, you know, especially for securing elites and um, keeping them, you know, it's just that it's just really cool science. Um, but I also think that maybe sometimes what your desired effect, you know, like why you're doing that, I think that the natural solution also is breeding. You know, if you've got an old plant that's dudding off, breed it you know, and just dig through there and you're going to find something and it might be more vigorous. And so I'm kind of with you a little bit on that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to keep, keep things moving and go to the next and, um, you know, that's exciting, you know, but, but when I find something really awesome, I, I, I hold on to it. You know, I've got, I've got some really, some really amazing stuff that's, that's super old and, um, you know, we keep it in, in pretty close circles, but, you know, we share it for sure. Um, Sometimes I feel like, man, I got to share more, you know, I got like a, you know, little tight little circle of five, but you know, sometimes, you know, this guy will like, oh, I, I got rid of that one. And this guy had an accident and then you're down to like two dudes and you're like, man, whew, I'm glad one of you had it. Um, so, you know, I encourage people to try to share their, their keepers, you know, um, but I like, I really like running seeds, you know, to me, they're, they're just a little more vigorous and, um, you know, there's just there's just so much variety now that we can do numbers here in Washington, um, and and not so much on the medical side. They actually cut the numbers down, but because we've got this facility um, out here where we can run huge numbers, um, it's been really fun. We we ran, I want to say we ran like a hundred hundred and fifty jelly rolls this year. 
from ITAL Foundation and the colors on them were just amazing. And it's really cool to see, you know, how much variation or how, uh, how much similar, you know, oh, there's only, we ran a hundred of these and, and, you know, there's, you can clearly see four, there's four different expressions, you know, um, and that's really cool to see, you know, where those genetics are at, you know, how, how they've been bottlenecked or if they're really opened up and like, uh, we did a, a chocolate tie crossed with Ferrilla glue and it was all over the place, um, but all super frosty. So, um, you know, really, really interesting. Um, when you get to play with bigger numbers, I think that's kind of cool. I don't, I don't know what, uh, what you're seeing is over there in Michigan, but uh, medical days here, you could do quite a bit and you could stack cards. And then after they pass rec, they shut all that down. And now it's like you get four plants. And um, so it's super hard to run numbers, you know? Um, and, and I can imagine if, if you're just running, you know, your own personal garden, you know, that's got to be even harder to bring in genetics because you're only allowed so many plants and, you know, you kind of got to have like guaranteed winners, you know, almost. Um, otherwise you're wasting your numbers. So, um, yeah, it's got to be tough. I can't, can't bitch too much about my numbers. I mean, I do have some decent numbers, you know, with patience and everything, but, you know, uh, it's keeping what they like and, you know, moving forward as fast as I can with some testers and whatnot. Uh, what do you guys got, what do you got over there? Uh, that may interest some of us in Michigan here. I know right now, I, you know, i I went to the fuels for a while and then I worked with, you know, sub for a while. So I kind of had a lot of fruity stuff pass through, but right now I'm trying to get back to, you know, some of the good stuff where, you know, we originated the pines, the pine, uh, turds. Yeah. Uh, Everybody wants to pine back right now. <laughs> I hear yes. that. I hear that a lot. Um, no, we did, we did a whole bunch of new breedings this year. And, um, you know, I've got to, I got to run through it and test it before I let it go. But right now we're, we've been releasing, um, you know, more iterations of coffee, coffee F5s, um, coffee F6s are, are coming very soon. And um, our last, our last uh, kind of menu drops that we did earlier this year, we did the coffee back cross four coffee cubed. Um, and then we did some outcrosses on there. So we hit that with the uh, Avi Deco, which is a 22 to one uh, CBD um, that we got out of, uh, I believe they're working with that one in Israel. And, um, and we crossed it to our uh, OG Ghost Train Haze, which is this crazy sativa hasher. Um, and then we also did a, a Yerba line. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the dog walker from Portland. You guys heard of this dog walker? So um, that guy was a good friend of, of, of my partner down in, in Portland for a while. And, um, you know, when prices plummeted, that dog walker was still 36 a pound. I mean, prices went to 36, they went to 32, they went to 28, they went to 25, they went to 24. It was still 36 for that dog walker. And he held it really tight. And people would pay it because it was just strong, like super strong. And um, so we crossed that to coffee. And that was a, you know, a one-off we had done um, maybe two years ago. And then we just came back to it because we really liked the results. And um, so we did some filial generation breeding on that um, to release F2s and F3s. And we just did some outcrosses 
Um, so we've got those available um, as well. And to me, that dog walker's got like a, like this crazy mothball, mothball OG smell to it. Um, and that goes really well with, with the coffee. Coffee's got, you know, some gas and some skunky stuff in there too. Um, but these flowers have just been crushing. We sent a bunch down to uh, Ital Foundation in California and um, they just crushed it this year. So those are, those are available right now. We've got sativa lines um, that we've done. Um, yeah, this year in my, in my, in my greenhouse, I, I did some, some really fun stuff. I got uh, a banana mints from, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, uh, the Kush family crew. So like uh, Josh D, um, his, uh, his good friend is, uh, you, you, everybody's heard of Ghost OG. Has heard of the Ghost OG? So this is the homeboy that runs the Kush family crew. He's he's Ghost. That's Ghost OG, and um, so Ghost gave me this uh, this banana mints that was just absolutely beautiful this this uh, this last summer, and we crossed that with the coffee, and uh, we also hit our strawberry yogurt, which is like right now on the Washington hash market. Our strawberry yogurt just just crushing it, like it's the one. It's got this crazy. Um, cheesy yogurty um but with strawberry on top and um it's just it's great it's a killer yields big um so we've got all that stuff in the works coming up and uh you know like i said the seed banks always have that stuff in stock um, and uh, yeah we're just pushing pushing it forward and uh yeah new 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 yeah, stuff to test this amazing. year yeah, maybe we send you some testers. Yeah. You, you want to test some gear for us? I'd love to test some gear for you. I would yeah. absolutely love that. Yeah, let's get you let's get you awesome. some testers sent out there. You never know. It might be the keeper that I the one that I keep. The one. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you what do you like? What's your personal like you know, for me, I've got this pre-99 blueberry and that's like my daytime smoke. I there's oh we always have to have some of this in the garden. I can't smoke enough of it. <laughs> It never burns me out. It tastes, it's got the secondary terps so like you burn all the way through with blueberry. It's, it's incredible. Um, and I, I really like that one. And, and I love the coffee stuff that's like skunky and, and gassy. Um, what do you, what do you, what's your affinity? What's, what terps draw you in? You like the fruity stuff or you like, like more earthy OG? You like the skunkiness? What do you, what do you look for? I like like orange the skunk in the gas. But no, not the orange shit. We were talking about that yesterday. The orange <laughs> stuff is nice. It seems to be, you know, it's it's good for anxiety, the orange turps. It's good for flavor, but that orange stuff just isn't the stuff that punches me in the face for some reason. It's it's super tasty. It hangs in the palate for a while, but it doesn't it's never super strong for me. But as yeah, far think- as me, uh, I like the gas and the gas for the daytime and then I like something well I like the gas and the pines pines really hit me for one is uh it's very clarity very clarifying for me pines and it's just something that uh, you can smoke and think and do some good stuff and then if you double up on the pines it's that social weed that's really nice and the gases can be that way as well the gases and the skunks are that way too 
you know, you double up on either one of those and it goes from doing something to sitting down, having some fun with friends. If you double up on either of those, the fruits seem to be, you know, a daytime smoke, you know, just something you can <laughs> get stuff done with. But, you know, for me, my first choices are like you pretty much call them right out in the beginning there. The, sca- the gas, the skunks, the pines are the ones that I yeah. prefer to have around. But there's yeah, like, that always, you know, that, you know, something new, something. That's what I'm always popping the seeds for. You never know what you're going to get next. And it might be that <laughs> the next favorite. So that's why I kind of keep moving on as much as I do. There's so many great things out there. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get you some of these coffee seeds to play with. All right. I think uh, I think you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised. I mean, you know, and and not to put too much on testing because the testing folks don't really have a standard and and it is whatever. But the coffee's strong, you know. And Steep Hill Labs had tested it at uh, I think it was thirty percent back in um, 2015, um, the original F1, and um, and on the BX3s, we had tested those and those came out, you know, I think I tested 10 different phenotypes and all of them were 29, 30, 31, um, you know, so it's, it's strong herbs, you know, it's got a narcotic effect, it, it, you know, I, I need like my shoulders to release. Um, so that's, you know, for me, it, it really like helps me when I hit it, just, you know, my shoulders relax and I, I like that effect, you know. So I, I think you'll enjoy the coffee. We'll have to get some of those out to you. So a lot of people, Chad's been dragging it up all night long. So I know. <laughs> Man, sure. I'm sorry, yeah. folks in the chat. I'm sorry, I don't have. I'm. I know I look younger than I am, uh, but I'm not the most computer savvy guy, <laughs> and I'm scared to move my computer thing here and try to even pull the chat up. So I'm sorry if I missed your questions. I'm not trying to ignore you. I just literally can't see your chat. <laughs> you got any uh, questions before I get out of here? Well, you know, one question. Well, I got two questions for you. One of them pertains to uh, what we do around here. One of them pertains to hash and seeds. Uh, first of all, I said it in the beginning. I was, I knew from, you know, the time allotted, but I didn't know that that was such a great character and such a great content was, you know, sitting in front of me. So I guess I got two questions. One, I'd like to make sure to get you back so I can cover, you know, a lot more ground. Two, I'd like to ask you to come back and then join in on the, the, the organics takeover that uh, Smiley does. You know, there's a couple of shows that we do here. One is the one-on-one with me and that's the fucking talking shit with eagle and then uh my friend smiley's gardens here who is the you know he's all organic and he's the one that uh you know as i've started doing this i noticed that uh, a lot of people that were paying attention to the show was organics you know and i don't like to exclude anybody you know if i see you know that's where people are wanting to know and i you know i know where to draw my line and flaws you know what i mean right now i'm not organic i'm not uh, i'm still learning i'm still learning but that's where smiley's at and you know so i asked him early on can you know come on and start you know doing maybe this but like in an organics atmosphere so you know 
he does the organics takeover where he's kind of pushing the organics. So, you know, you'd be a great guest to get you on and, you know, talk nothing but organics with him. So, you know, I guess I'm asking you back on both fronts, both to come back and get to know you a little better on my end and, you know, come back and hang out with Smiley and just run with some great organics conversation. You know? So that's you know, a couple yeah, questions I'm, there. I'm down to I'm down to come and talk some shit and and, uh, and talk some organics too. I guess it's all the same. (laughs) Two shows, one topic. All right, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So uh, I'm I'm looking to then the question that I wanted to ask you before you go is uh, about seeds. Uh, Do you make a, a lot of hash from your seed stock, or you know the flour that you know produces the seeds? That's one thing I'm really curious about. Um, so no, yes and no. Um, you know, like the, the, the stuff that we're making out at the farm is, um, you know, it's, it's production based, you know, we found and selected keepers. Um, these are elites and, and that's what we're running for our production, um, on hash stuff. Um, and when I make seeds here, um, you know, we pretty much are grinding it down. And a lot of the times my wife is actually using, um, the scraps or remnants from the moms, you know, that are, that have made the seeds. Um, you know, she's cooking that into ointments or, um, you know, coconut oil or something along those lines. Um, I have washed, uh, the remnants after we pulled the seeds out before, um, and it makes great old school hash, you know, temple ball style stuff, but you're not going to get six star out of it. Um, it's just, it, it, it's, it's going to be a darker hash most of the time once you've produced, um, seeds from it. And, um, and you know, the, the plant itself, once it goes into changing its energy, you know, towards producing that seed, right. I mean, that it's pushing out and becoming sticky and stinky and trying to attract the pollen. But once it gets pollinated, it's kind of changing its energy to producing that seed and not so much on the trichome production and whatnot. So, um, you know, there's good hash there to be made. Absolutely. Um, but it's not, uh, yeah, it's, it's not something that I would stake my stash on, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I got the seeds and that was, that was good. And, you know, I've tried to toss it on, um, like the, I got the screens and do dry sifting and stuff with it. Um, but, but for the most part, you know, um, I'm just using that stuff as um, cooked down stuff for coconut oil capsules and, and that kind of stuff on the farm. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing a huge production in seed numbers. We just don't, you know, I, I, I don't release thousands and thousands of packs. Wow. I don't do that. Um, one I, plant can be pretty heavy as far as seed production goals i mean one plant could set you realistically in seed stock for a while yeah you you know they would make huge ones you know i i try not to do that because i i'd rather keep things fresh and you know i mean how many how many packs i mean i don't know maybe i could sell that many seeds i've never really tried you know it's just not my thing i'm not i'm not trying to set world records and make you know that really sounds like so weird to be like hey, i got a seed company but i'm not trying to make the most money on the seeds it's but it's just not it's not what drives me you know i make what i need and um and we put out you know most of the time maybe 50 to 100 packs of any strains 
Um, with the coffee, it's been thousands. Um, but, but, you know, I don't want to put out a lot. I, I want it to be special. I want people to have something special. And, you know, if you got in on this drop and you picked that pack of seeds, you know, there's only a hundred other dudes out there with it. There's not a thousand or 10,000 other dudes with it, you know? Um, so you got something special that you can make your own. And if you want to do some breeding with it, I support that. A lot of people are like, don't breed with my shit. Yeah, I, I, I take it. You know, I think people even buy my packs just to get the males because my stuff is good for breeding. You know, where a lot of the other, you know, poly poly hybrid stuff or the feminized shit, you're not going to get something for breeding, you know? So, you know, there's been a lot of seed companies that um, are using our genetics or, you know, the genetics that we propagated and, and blended and, and now they're re-blending them. And I, I think that's cool, go for it, you know? Um, so, yeah, seeds. <laughs> well, I respect that, to be honest with you. I would rather see you doing smaller batches that uh, were good and more viable than, you know, producing one big batch and being, you know, five years down the road going, okay, here's some. Here's the same batch of them seeds. They may, you know, I'm still selling them for the same price, but they may not be as viable as. And you know, and you know that's so that's I really, respect that. That's a really interesting thing because some of these seed banks have been sitting on stock. You know, um, they're some of them. They just don't. They don't push sales, and they're sitting on older stock, and they don't tell people when they buy that. And um, you know, I we try to do a really good job of packaging in the way that we do things, but sometimes, you know, you're going to get seeds and they're maybe not super viable. Um, I, I guarantee all my seeds. So if you happen to get one of those packs, hit me up and I might not have that exact strain. I hopefully I do, but um, if not, you know, we'll get you something updated. Um, but I, I don't like that the seed banks do that. You know, I think that they should, they should put something on there created by date. You know, I mean, they have that information. So, um, I think that they should they should they should add that for the for the customer. You know, I like fresh seeds. You know, and the drop off isn't terribly bad. You know what I mean? Uh, you should get a hundred percent in the first year or two, and if you store it right, maybe even year three, and then you might lose one or two. Um, you know, over the next couple of years, um, you know, really depend. You got to store them right. You know, a lot of people don't store them right. I had I had I sent them to Hawaii, and this kid sent me this thing. So, oh man, I got these molded inside. And um, I thought about it and I'm like, man, I've never seen that before. And I got to thinking about it. And I had a canagar that was in a package with the cork cap on it and it molded because the cork cap allows, there's a little bit of airflow through there, you know, so maybe do, a, I need to do a wax on that one. But in his environment, he had taken it out of the box and it was in, in a moist environment and it just, it got right into that thing and ate those seeds up. You know, we replaced the pack for him, no worries, but you know, how you store things and, and what your intent to do with them, you know, it's important. You know, I think a lot of people buy seeds just to collect them. Um, you know, I, I want people to pop them, you know, run them, grow them. I mean, I guess if you want to buy them and collect them, that's cool too, but store them good and take care of them so that when you want to pop them, they work. Pretty important. <laughs> that one question opened up. I've got like 10 other questions. <laughs> And I, I never even really got back to the, you know, we opened up so many other questions. Uh, yeah, that's kind of takes me back to the tissue culture thing there to where I would like to see breeders like you that, uh, you know, could put out, take mom and dad for a project, make them on the seeds, be able to put them up and maybe work forward 
and then you know not necessarily the greater good worried about you know having to reproduce seeds of their own because you know for one reason or another that strain's gone or whatever no no kai has got it it's in you know in vitro he can put it out anytime he wants in a new batch that's one thing that i think is kind of cool about the but the reason I asked the question about the seeds in the hash was because of, uh, I was wondering if maybe that wasn't a part of the six star uh, because of, well, it does make a darker hash because the seed, the plant, the seeded plant has to go so much longer and it, you know, thus ambers the trichomes, makes it a little darker hash. But, you know, there's something that we've been talking about a little lately as well, and you kind of touched on it is, uh, you know, We've been talking lately, uh, a lot of us, about plants that have been seeded and the, a different buzz coming from that that cannabis seeded budded plant. And I, I like I asked Les Coast the other night, is could that be the link that we remember? You know, the difference in the highs back in back in the day when we got, you know, it wasn't rack, it was just black market. All the cannabis that we got, it was seeded. And we always wondered what the di high, the difference in the high was. I almost wonder if there Just, isn't something going on with the seeded plant that makes it a different high. So that's what I was wondering about is when you were making hash, did you notice something, you know, a different high from that, you know, that hash that was being made from the seeded bud, you know, the, the whatever. You know why that's super, it's super interesting. I, I, somebody needs you said it does go through a different chemical process you know yeah. once it hits man it's different chemicals being produced somebody needs to uh, do some kind of scientific uh research on that because uh i think you're onto something uh i think i think you're onto something there and and we just made i can't get into too much detail but we just made a, a batch of hash uh for a client and uh yeah it, it had some different effects to it my, my my friends were talking about it just tonight like they were they were saying that this was just it was really special and um the hash the the material that we washed was heavily seeded um like they didn't he didn't he didn't harvest the seeds from it okay he didn't it wasn't like hey i, I grew this to breed and I'm gonna collect the seeds and then make hash. It was I grew this for hash. It's seeded to fuck. Just wash it. And I mean seeded to fuck. Like completely inundated with seed. And we washed it anyways. Um, and it came back darker. It wasn't you know, not six star darker. And again, I think I think maybe that color thing is also has to do with the pollen. You know, I, I don't know if the pollen is in there now and it's, it's going to change the color. And that might even play a role. Again, I don't know. I don't. I'm not in there with a, a microscope. I don't know how much of that pollen is getting held back in the hash or is involved in the hash. Um, but, uh, but I can I can say that the the guy was basically, without a doubt, was like this. This hash is doing something different. It is absolutely doing something different. Um, one of the gentlemen that, that smoked it was a manager for Lee Scratch Perry and, and, you know, a world traveling man. And he said, this is, I've never smoked hash that was quite like this. Um, and, and I, I, it, it may be attributed to that, you know, being seeded plants. 
I don't know how we're going to find out scientifically. We need, we need somebody with a bigger brain and a, and a bigger microscope than mine. Well, the only thing I could think of was to, to maybe, you know, make hash from that strain, you know, and then make hash from that strain seeded would, and then maybe have them tested side by side. Right. Yeah. That would be a great control. That would be a great control. I might have to do that. I might have to, we might have to try that. Let me know if you do. I want to know. <laughs> Get them tested and just see the numbers, see the terpene differences and, you know, be the same plant, same mama plant or female plant. So uh, I think that's very doable. Very doable. Cool. We could change you the whole. Be more apt to do the test than I would because I'm not running around with no males around here seeing anything. So <laughs> that test would be a little elusive for me. But man, if you think about it, and you could swing it, man. I would love to to know some uh, input on that. I, really yeah, I, I, I will get on that and I will report back to you. I will get back and I will report back. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. And I won't keep you no longer. Uh, I know you've had uh, a long weekend. It sounded like a pretty awesome weekend, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> you know, so heads off to you. An amazing weekend. And happy birthday, my friend, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 76 are in the house. <laughs> so, you know, thank you for your time and uh, popping in and sharing some knowledge and uh, some of your life with us. I greatly appreciate that two things before you i know i said that like 10 minutes ago two things before you go the zoom numbers are always the same and that's the third show so if you ever happen to tune in and the title says rabbit hole actually there'll be a rabbit hole after we get done that take us the rest of the night anytime you see a rabbit hole the these numbers do apply and if you'd like to jump in if lemon's on or blessed coast or anybody you see they go hey i'd like to talk to that guy Grab your phone, just pop in, hit that Zoom link, and boom, you're, you're more okay. than welcome awesome. anytime you'd like to, to hang out. Right. Uh, so please tuck that number aside. Okay. And the other thing I, I would just I, I'd like to get from you tonight is kind of silly. It's like a commercial, the sound bite for the show. If you yeah. could just kind of, you know, uh, basically this is what I'm looking for. In my terms, in my words, hey, this is Eagle Gardens and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle. Episode 259, you can add whatever you want to that, uh, subtract, but in your words, please, I'm ready in time you are. What, what, ep what episode number are we? 259. 259, alright. You give me the action and I'll, I'll come in. <laughs> uh, I'm ready whenever you are. Hey, this is Ross Kayapal with Pacific Northwest Roots, tuning in with Talking Shit with Eagle, Catching the Vibes, episode 259. Holla. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. And uh, anytime you're ready, come back. Just let me know, and uh, I, I'll make time for you. I'll make time for you. That's for right sure. on, Eagle. Appreciate you. Big up, Michigan. Big up, Midwest. Big up all you farmers out there, everybody growing ganja seed, no matter how you're doing it, with the love of the plant and seeking higher consciousness. Big up yourself. One last time, where they can find that gear? Oh, man. Uh, you know, you can send us an email at the nw47 at gmail.com. You can find us at Neptune Seed Bank. Seeds here now, heavily connected, real Rocky Mountain high, attic 
369. Um, yeah, we're on Instagram, Pacific Northwest Roots with a Z or with an S and an underscore at the end. Thanks, Thanks Eagle. Have a great night. Bless. And, uh, look, blessed. Have a blessed night. For those of you that uh, are still here, holy cow, 96 of you guys. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in. It has been an, a very awesome night. Thank you for all these new names I've seen pass by and chat tonight. That's pretty awesome. Hopefully you've seen something that you'll come back and watch again. For the rest of you guys, you know the deal. Rabbit hole will come on in a few minutes. Hopefully you guys, some of you guys will follow over there and hang out tonight. And tell me how your weekend is or whatever you want to talk about. We'll see. And uh, if not, I understand. You guys have gave me a couple hours of your time and I appreciate that. You guys know the deal. Please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. They change lives. And in this world that we're living in, we need so much of that right now. Thank you guys very much. I'll see you guys in a few minutes. Peace. Thanks again, uh, Raz Paul, Kaya. Uh, Raz Kaya Paul. I can't believe I messed that up. Pacific Northwest Roots. Check them out on Instagram. I'll see you in a minute.